I'm not paying your fucking box office, you little tramp. Go and fucking pay it. It's 15 quid. It's $50. It's 2019. We know what it is. Anyway, I'm going to finish off with some H2O. He uh, broke his own leg trying to counter a wrist lock. Just sue my fucking ass and suck my dick while you're at it. Gorilla press through a table, fucking misses the table. Dumps me on the concrete fucking ground. Since you want to shoot, cowboy... Alright guys, what's going on? Welcome to Shoot Talk. You know what it is. Let's get amongst it. Oh man, it is Friday the 24th of May 2019. Tomorrow is double or nothing. I'm fucking excited. I know you are as well. Uh, before I get into it, I just need to apologise. I've not recorded Shoot Talk for about three weeks. The reason for that is just life, man. I'm coming to the end of my college course in Barbering and I've had to focus all my time on that. I've had exams, um, coursework to do. Not had that much time to myself, unfortunately. Uh, people might think, well, <laughs> how much could you possibly need to learn about Barbering? Trust me, there is a fucking ton, um, especially if you're doing a Barbering Level 2 diploma. But it is what it is, but look, it's double or nothing. So I've had to come back especially for this, um, plus my college course is only running for another two weeks for myself anyway, so once I've got that bashed out of the way, I'm going to be committed constantly, oh man, I fucking miss recording podcasts, plus I'm not going to lie, nothing has really happened, to be quite honest, it's not like I've missed massive pay-per-views, WWE did a fucking money in the bank, what, what, what the, <laughs> what was that trash? Come on, man, I'm not fucking... I'm not reviewing that shit. Awful. The only good thing about WWE at the moment is Bray Wyatt, and he's not even in a fucking wrestling ring yet. I'm not going to sit here and review fucking Bray Wyatt promos for ages. Jesus wept. But anyway, that is what it is. We're We're not here talking about WWE. We're here talking about AEW and Double or Nothing. Oh man, I am so fucking excited for one for us in the UK. It's on ITV box office. Um, there is some negativity negativity around the fact that the pay per view in America is going to be fifty dollars. Look, if you can't afford fifty dollars, you can't afford fifty dollars. It is what it is. But please, please don't sit there and complain that oh, it's not nine ninety nine like the WWE. This isn't the WWE. You understand, the reason why you pay $9.99 a month and get free pay-per-views is because those pay-per-views are trash. This is going to be a fucking class pay-per-view. It's stacked full of amazing, amazing fucking wrestlers. The guys behind it are they're just in tune with what we want to see. It's going to be entertaining as fuck and you are really, really going to regret missing this. If, if you can afford the $50 but you personally don't want to pay it, for me, you, are, you really are going to regret it. But anyway... Let's get into the card, shall we? It's a stacked card. Um, you know, if anyone's used to WWE pay-per-views, th- this card is kind of like a fucking WWE pay-per-view because it's that fucking stacked. And they have got a fucking little pre-show as well. So anyway, the first match, um, and it's going to be on ITV. Um, I think it's ITV4. Oh, also, before we get into it, um, Cody announced yesterday that AEW is officially going to be on ITV4. Um, that is insane, absolutely insane, the comparison, I put it up on Twitter before, if you don't follow me on Twitter, make sure you fucking go and follow me on Twitter at a oh no, not AEW podcast anymore, uh, at Shoot Talk Martin, get amongst it, um, 
On Yeah, I put it up on Twitter with the comparison. I think a lot of people have been comparing it as well. WWE are moving to BT Sport. Um, and that is in 2.19, I think it was, million homes in the UK. And you have to pay a monthly subscription for that. ITV4 is in 20, uh, I think it's over 27 million homes in the UK, which absolutely decimates BT Sport. And it's a free channel. Crazy. Absolutely insane. So, yeah. Buzzing. Absolutely fucking buzzing. I'm going to be able to watch AEW weekly for free. Oh, man. Come on. Come on. Let's fucking get excited, shall we? So, anyway. Let's jump into the card. Oh, man. I need some fucking H2O. Oh, my voice is going already. I actually picked up my bottle and tried drinking it that fast. I almost spat it all over my laptop. Anyway. Casino Battle Royale. ITV4 for us in the UK. The winner faces Kenny Omega or Chris Jericho at a later date for the first ever AEW world title. Ooh, let's have a look. So the competitors, Brandon Cutler, Glacier. Um, Glacier is an old guy from WCW apparently. Sonny Kiss, Ace Romero, Sonny Days, Brian Pillman Jr., Man, I fucking love Brian Pillman back in the day. Um, I didn't grow up watching him, unfortunately, but I've seen some of his stuff since. That guy's character was fucking... That guy could just kill a promo. Oh, fucking... I'm a massive fan of Brian Pillman. And I hope that his son um, just takes that name to even bigger heights, man. I'm really excited to see where this kid ends up. Uh, yeah, Brian Pillman Jr., MJF, I am a massive fucking MJF fan, um, looking forward to seeing what he's going to become in AEW, I think the future is so fucking big for this guy, like, legitimately, I think he's going to be the better version of The Miz, where, you know when you get The Miz, and he's the heel, but he cuts just amazing promos, and you physically hate him that much, I think MJF is going to be on that level, and MJF is actually a better wrestler as well, uh, Joey Janela, Dustin Thomas, Billy Gunn, Jimmy Havoc, Michael Nakazawa, Jungle Boy, who is my personal choice to win it. Um, I'm not just going to say it because, unfortunately, that his dad passed away recently. Um, the The fact is, I think, one, it'd be a, a feel-good moment on this card, and it'd really, it'd start, it'd start the card off well. And I think he'd be a really, really good opponent for um, Kenny Omega or Chris Jericho. I think it would end up being Omega. Um, and then they put the title on Omega. I can't... Oh, we'll get into it in a minute. We'll just get into it in a minute. Uh, Luchasaurus, Sean Spears, previously known as Ty Dillinger. Buzzing about that. Uh, I hope I'm saying these last two names right. Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quen or Queen. Um, I'm getting this card from CBS Sports. Uh, it's a shout out to CBS Sports, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, I think Cassidy and Quen or Queen. I don't know. I don't know if they've mis misspelled his name. I'm sorry. I really don't know. 
Um, I think they might be private party. Never, I, I, honestly, no joke. I'm not going to... This is the thing when it comes to this card. There are a lot of people on this that I've never seen before and never even heard of. So I'm not going to do the disrespect and say, oh yeah, I've seen them uh, on this show, blah, blah, blah. I've seen them, whatever, whatever. Never heard of private party before until they got announced for AEW. Um, I'm hearing a lot, a lot of good things about them. I'm going to have to go and check them out. I'm going to have a big AEW night tomorrow. Just fucking go and watch everyone on this fucking card beforehand. Go back and watch all in. Oh, man, I'm excited. It's kind of like a WrestleMania weekend, man. And it's fucking, um, it's bank holiday Monday as well, so no work on Monday. So I've got Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Crazy. Absolutely fucking hyped. Uh, right, so this Battle Royal, apparently how it's going to do is they're going to start off with five men and then every three minutes, five other competitors are going to come in. It's a nice it's a nice take. Um, obviously, there's not much innovation when it comes to Battle Royals or Royal Rumbles nowadays. It's pretty much, this is this is the script and that's how it is. So they've changed it up, I like that. Uh, 21, obviously, it's a casino Battle Royal uh, and it's the lucky number 21, the last person who comes out. That's going to be interesting. So a couple of names on who could be number 21. John Moxley, CM Punk, Ryback, Killer Cross, Jordan Grace, Austin Aries, and possibly Marty Skrull or even Will Ospreay. Um, I know Skrull and Ospreay are in the best of the Super Juniors at the moment, but one, if someone from New Japan even shows up on this card, whether it's in this match or not, whether they show up in the card in total, that shows that there is still some kind of working relationship with New Japan and AEW, and that is exactly what AEW. I'm not saying they need it, but it would just work out so much better. Um, it might even bring Ring of Honor into the fold as well, because let's face it, AEW is now officially the second biggest wrestling company in America. It really is. They've got exposure in the UK for free weekly TV. Um, Cody said that it's going to be live as well. Um, they're doing pay-per-views like this. It, I'm sorry, Ring of Honor, they've already overtaken them. Ring of Honor haven't got any sort of TV deal in Britain at all. None. AEW have come on the scene. They haven't fucking put a pay-per-view out. They've not even put a fucking live event out yet. And already, they've got a better deal in the UK than the WWE have. The monster of the wrestling world. Insane. Absolutely insanity. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to AEW... They are officially now the second biggest wrestling company in America. So, you know, good working relationships with New Japan, good working relationships with Ring of Honor is something that WWE doesn't really have. Um, not to say that ROH and New Japan completely don't work with WWE, but if AEW can get that working relationship and they can show that on this card that this guy's come over for Ring of Honor or this guy comes over for New Japan. Because don't forget that AEW aren't turning to Chris Jericho and saying you can't work Dominion. They're letting him go and work Dominion. They're letting him go and work other stuff. So if they can show that they've got a working relationship with like a bigger company like New Japan or Ring of Honor or even TNA, you know, if Jordan Grace shows up, which I fucking hope she shows up, um, you know, that... That, that, for me, would be a really strong, strong sign. Um, so, anyway, let's talk about this, shall we? John Moxley, possibly. I know that some people are looking at it and saying, look, it's the pre-show. But, again, don't look at it as a WWE pre-show. Look at it as, this is the first pay-per-view for this big company. Moxley's already a millionaire. He doesn't, he doesn't have a massive ego. Um, I don't personally think CM Punk 
would work the pre-show because uh, he might he might literally look at it as well. I'm bigger than that. But for me, John Moxley, I think he's going to end up doing like a lot. Like he he's even I don't know if he said, but um, he's hinted that he wants to do like death matches and more hardcore style matches, matches that he couldn't do in WWE, um, stuff that he was doing before he actually went to WWE. Um, the name John Moxley in general is associated with hardcore wrestling. Go back and watch some of his stuff. Again, his promos before WWE were so fucking good. Um, so, yeah. I think you've got a bigger chance of Moxley showing up in this Casino Battle Royal than people think. Uh, I don't think it hurts him at all if he goes in and actually wins this. Imagine that, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega at the next big pay-per-view for the first ever AEW title. You're telling me people aren't going to be hyped for that. Jesus! Uh, Ryback is a possibility. Um, I was listening to Going in Raw before, and apparently um, Ryback's got some on his Instagram story. Someone also said that on CM Punk's Instagram story, he's on a plane going somewhere, and people saying that it looks very suspicious, like he's going out into quite like a dry, mountainy desert kind of place. Obviously, next to Vegas, where this fucking where this uh, event is. But again, CM Punk is apparently scheduled to do commentary for, I think it's a, a mixed martial arts event, so I don't know if we're going to see him at all. He might even just be on a fucking video package, not too sure. Uh, is Ryback a possibility in this Casino Battle Royale? Yeah, sure. Are AEW going to build Ryback up? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to give him a massive name. Plus, I don't know what the blood is like between Ryback and CM Punk. If CM Punk is going to end up having some kind of working relationship with AEW, either tomorrow night or further down the line, if him and Ryback don't get on and Punk really holds a grudge against Ryback, and Ryback obviously heard the podcast that he did years ago uh, with Colt Cabana, that could be something that hinders him. So would they want to bring Ryback in and cut the tie with CM Punk? Not too sure. Uh, Killer Cross is a big possibility. Um, uh, he's apparently asked. I love it. Apparently, him and his girlfriend Scarlet Bordeaux have asked for their release from TNA recently this week. Um, so yeah, Killer Cross could show up. I don't know what the TNA contracts are like. I know that a lot of TNA guys also work some different uh, companies, but when it comes to AEW, I don't know the exact relationship. Jordan Grace has officially signed a new contract with TNA, which for me, look, I'm not I'm not a hater of TNA and I hope they do really well, but man, Jordan Grace is so much better than that company. So much fucking better. If she was in AEW, Jesus. If you haven't gone if you haven't seen her, I've been a fan of her for fucking years. She's fucking class. If she was a guy, everyone would be talking about her. She's just, she gets it, man. She fucking gets it. She's a proper, like, a, a powerlifting fucking gym rat woman wrestler. And, oh, fucking hell. She's just so fucking good. Austin Aries, again, is a possibility. No one knows what the fuck's going on with this guy. No one knows if he's signed any contracts with anyone, who the fuck he's with, what the fuck's going on with him in TNA. Apparently, he just fucking, he's just gone. Don't know. Um, so he could possibly show up. I need to have some more fucking tap water. Two seconds. Ah, get amongst that. And the last one for me is Marty Skrull or Will Ospreay. Again, like I said before, these two guys are working the best of the Super Juniors, but um, Marty Skrull, obviously, we know his best mates with the Young Bucks and Cody, etc. 
And Will Ospreay is known for being this fucking goon who just works every single night and runs the fucking gauntlet. Uh, don't be surprised if Will Ospreay shows up and then goes the night after and does Best of Super Juniors. Um, Chris Jericho wasn't supposed to be on All In. He wasn't even thinking that it would be possible and Tony Khan made sure it was possible. Tony Khan put him on a private jet and flew him out to All In and then flew him out to his gig the same night. Um, anything's possible, man. Anything is fucking possible. So who do I think is going to win? Personally, unless it's John Moxley... I don't think the number 21 will win. Out of all those names, maybe if it's Will Ospreay, maybe there's a possibility they'd like to do Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega. So maybe if it's Will Ospreay or John Moxley, or obviously CM Punk, which I very much doubt, um, I think the 21 spot will win. I think if it is someone like Killer Cross or Ryback or even Jordan Grace, I don't think they'd push that for the first ever AEW champion. But again, how fucking how fucking cool would that be if Jordan Grace shows up in 21, wins the fucking Casino Battle Royal after she came so close to winning the over-the-budget Battle Royal All-In, uh, wins the Casino Battle Royal and is officially in the first ever AEW heavyweight title match against either Chris Jericho or Kenny Omega. That would be insanity. That would be absolute insanity. And personally, I'd be on board with it. Anyway, moving along, I've taken so long to talk about that fucking match. The next match on the pre-show, uh, I think it's called the buy-in, is Kip Sabian versus Sammy Guevara. Now, again, I'm not going to do these guys disrespect. I'm not going to turn around and say, oh, I've followed these guys for years, blah, blah, blah. Never seen a Kip Sabian match, never seen a Sammy Guevara match. Yep, shoot me, hate me, I'm really sorry. Um, I've seen some videos of Sammy Guevara. Um, he was heavily, heavily recommended by Daniel at Wrestling Newspaper FM, you know what it is, um, and this kid is fucking class, he's absolutely fucking class, and me personally, I am a massive, fucking massive Harry Potter fan, I've got the fucking Deathly Hallows tattooed on my fucking arm, uh, and Kip Sabian is a massive Harry Potter fan as well, according to his fucking moveset, he's got uh, wrestling moves that are called the Deathly Hallows Part 1, Part 2, uh, and he's also got, I think, a couple more that are named after Harry Potter um, spells or something. Not too sure. Um, so, yeah, maybe I need to go and watch some Kip Sabian matches. When you talk this fast and this passionate, you need a lot of water. <laughs> um, I think, personally, Sammy will win this. Just for the fact that when they did the, uh, the rally the second time around in Vegas, he actually came out and, you know, he was holding the, um, I think it was the AAA title or cruiserweight title i think uh and it looks like aew see him as a really big star and again if aew want to have this working relationship with other companies they can't bring these guys in and beat them constantly so yeah i think sammy guevara was going to win uh, and people are talking about this could end up being possibly one of the matches of the night that'd be really interesting that if that ends up being the match of the night and it's for free on ITV 4 uh anyway so let's get into the main card First off, it starts with a six-woman's match. Um, again, no disrespect to any of these women at all, but I've never seen any of them wrestle. Um, hand on heart, I truly am sorry. I'm just not... I'm not in tune with... I'm not going to say the dark corners of wrestling, but I'm... You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit of a bitch when it comes to wrestling independent-wise. I'm just a New Japan Ring of Honor TNA guy. Um, and obviously, I, I fucking watch WWE for the podcasting-wise. Um, so yeah, when it comes to like women Japanese stars, I don't know a lot of them. 
Um, and, you know, as you'll see when it comes to this card, there's a lot of people on here who I don't know. I didn't even know anything about the fucking OWE guys. So, yeah, this is all exciting for me. And, again, these matches and these women are coming across and so many people are talking about them. So, I'm fucking well interested to see these matches. So, anyway, this six-woman match, you've got Aya Kong. I hope I'm saying all these names right. Again, I apologise if I mispronounce any of them. I'm going by how they spell. We've got Aya Kong versus Yuka Sakazaki versus Emi Sakura versus Hikaru Shida, uh, Ryo and Ryo Mizunami. Again, if I've said any of those wrong, I apologise. Um... Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, if the AEW guys see these as serious fucking wrestlers, then they're good enough for me. Um, and like they said, you know, it, we're all elite and we want the best. We want the elite in wrestling and these women must be the fucking very much elite, very highest of elite. Um, don't, like I said, unfortunately, not seen any of them. Um, apparently, Aya Kong is a favourite, so... We'll see. But yeah, I'm not going to pick a winner in that. I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to fucking enjoy it. Uh, moving on next, we got the tag team match between the Best Friends versus Jack Evans and Angelico. Or Angelico, whatever the fuck you want to pronounce his name. I've seen a bit of Jack Evans and Angelico from um, Lucha Underground. Jack Evans is just fucking insanity. And obviously, you got the Best Friends, Trent Beretta and Chucky T. Um... This match could be fucking class. I assume it's going to be. Um, oh, who's going to win? Best friends could take it possibly because they need that that big heel tag team. Um, and Jack Evans and Janielico could just put out a really good like cruiserweight performance. I'm going to go slightly with best friends. Just, just fucking slightly. Moving straight along, we got the women's triple threat match: Britt Baker, Doctor Britt Baker, should I say, versus Kylie Ray versus Nyla Rose. Um, I was listening to Smart to Death podcast. Shout out those guys earlier on, and they made a really, really good fucking point that I want to um, reiterate on this podcast. AEW haven't promoted at all that Nyla Rose is transgender. Can you imagine if WWE signed a transgender person, what they would do with that? They would fly the banner high as fuck. Look at what we're doing. Look at what we're doing. Look at who we signed. Look at this person that we've signed. They're transgender. We are different. We promote this person. We're putting this person higher than any other company has. AEW could have easily done that and they haven't done it all. We've gone out and we've found out ourselves that Nyla Rose is transgender. For me, that is fucking class. For me, you're not shoving this fucking thing down our throats. Um, Nyla Rose is a favourite in this match, but so is Dr. Britt Baker. I, personally, I, I'm i not saying that AEW have to put Nyla Rose over in this match. Just like they don't have to put Sonny Kiss over in the um, Casino Battle Royal. But it's a possibility, isn't it? It's a fucking massive possibility. But again, I just love the fact that AEW have got these people in and they're saying, look, we're going to give anyone a chance. If they're elite enough, we're going to give anyone a chance. But they're not going to put them on the pedestal because it, it does them a disservice. Or oh, you're in this position because you're transgender. Like, no. AEW have gone the right way around this by far. Um, Britt Baker, I think personally, Britt Baker or Nyla Rose um, are favourites over this, just over Kylie Ray a touch. But again... 
Curveball, Kylie Ray could win. Who knows? But again, I think it's going to be a fucking class match. Moving straight along, we've got SoCal Uncensored versus Seema, T-Hawk and L. Linderman. Again, never heard of T-Hawk or L. Linderman. I hope I've said his name right. Um, for me, this is the most obvious winner of the night. It has to be Seema. Um, and the Good Hearts, I think, um, they were saying they were called from OWE. I think it's OWE. I, I fucking hope it is OWE that I'm thinking of here. I fucking hope so. I really, I really apologise if I'm saying that company's initials wrong. Um, but yeah, look. Um, obviously, the first rally that AEW had, Matt came out and hyped those guys up, saying that um, he was going to bring them to AEW. Um, we all need to be prepared for how fucking cool these guys are. I've seen clips. I've seen videos. Fuck me, they look entertaining as balls. So yeah, I'm buzzing for this. This is the first match we're really going to see of these guys. And god damn it. Oh, I cannot fucking wait. So yeah, SoCal don't need the win. We all love SoCal. We all know what they're about. For me, uh, Seema and the Good Hearts have to take this. So yeah, uh, 10, 10 fucking, as um, Stephen Larson saying going in raw, 10 fucking um, confidence points on that. Now we get into the nitty gritty. Cody versus Dustin. For me, this could not be match of the night just through storytelling and the characters alone. You've got Cody, obviously, who's coming out and putting these amazing promos out, saying this is him versus the Attitude Era. This isn't. This is him versus his brother, but this is also Cody taking out his issue with the Attitude Era because he sees it as they think that they're the best thing that ever happened to rest, and they think that they're so fucking high up. And Cody's like, look at it in general. It weren't even that fucking good. Um, and it's just it's just such a fresh outtake that for once we've got a company who doesn't suck the dick of the Attitude Era, man. It's nice to see. It really is nice. And obviously we've got um, Goldust, Dustin. This guy's been a fucking constant worker for years. He never really truly got the fucking push or the respect that he deserved. Um... I, again, when I listened to Smart to Death podcast before, they made a really good point. Goldust is a character that was ahead of his time, by far. And oh, sorry, I just noticed I had a little drop of protein shake left, and I had to fucking get that shit in. Um, yeah, they made a really, really good fucking point that the Goldust character was ahead of its time. That was a time where it was full of buff. Strong fucking bodybuilders, you know, it, not as much as it is today. You, you know, see, you see a lot more smaller guys like AJ Styles and Finn Balor, and you know, Seth isn't a fucking bodybuilder. But back in the day, you had the guys like fucking Triple H who were there, and they were being pushed to the fucking heights of the WWE. And you know, Dustin just came in and was like, "Look, this is my character, Goldust. I'm a crossdresser, and this is how it is." And he fucking killed it. And that character was so fucking cool. I remember when I first played the um, one of the WWF games, the old WWF games, and I found this character and I was like, what? This is fucking class. I think I remember there was only really Kane and Goldust that I looked upon as in like, wow, these characters are really fucking cool. Like, Mankind was pretty alright, but like Goldust was like towing the line of like where you could actually take a fucking character. Like, oh man again you just look back at this guy's character and 
this guy's fucking career. And it's a shame because apparently I've heard that this could end up being his last match. Or he's already said that this is going to be his last match. It's nice that it's going to be against his brother. I really like that. Um, but again, they've not just sat there and they've not just said, this is Cody versus Dustin. It's Dustin's last match. Just go and watch it. Cody has just gone in on it. And they've made the videos, the video packages on being the elite. Um, oh, sorry, the roll to double or nothing. And this match has just been built up 10 times better than anyone thought it could be. And people are genuinely excited to see this match. Um, it's obviously not going to be a high spots match. It's not going to be spot city. It's Again, like I said before, it's going to be nitty and gritty. They're going to get down to it. It's going to be grappling, strikes, um, a lot of storytelling, a lot of ring psychology. And it's going to be fucking cool to watch. And personally, again, I think this match could end up being match of the night. But you never know. We'll see. Uh, for me, Cody's going to take it. I wouldn't be surprised if Dustin ended up winning, but I just think Cody just... I, I just think Cody's going to end up taking it. Um, then we've got the Hangman Page issue going down. Hangman Page obviously was supposed to go against Pac. Um, Pac... I don't know if Pac pulled out. I mean, look, this is the thing with this story, right? And you could talk hours about it. There's talk that... Um, Pack pulled out because he didn't want to uh, break the undefeated streak. Um, Dragon Gate pulled him out because they didn't want their champion to lose because they want to build a title up as well. Possibly it just comes down to the fact of he had visa issues. I don't think it's the visa thing because why would they then make Pack? Because it, the way the story's broke, it does look like Pack's a knobhead. So why would Pac accept that? Why would he go, yeah, fuck it and just shit all over me? Like, you know what I mean? This guy is going to get genuine heat for the story that's broke. Because the strongest story at the moment is that he pulled out because he didn't want to lose. Um, but I see as AEW have turned around, they've sent Hangman over. They wrestled Pac. Oh, sorry, Hangman wrestled Pac and they had the no DQ finish. And AEW have obviously looked at that and gone, we don't want to do the no DQ finish. For our first pay-per-view, we've built up this match as the first AEW title match. We don't want to do the no DQ finish. If Pack and Dragon's Gate uh, or Dragon Gate don't want to lose the match because of the title situation, then that's fine. We'll send Hangman out and we'll wrestle him. So it looks like AEW and the Young Bucks and Cody have looked at it and gone, you know what? You know that's fine. You know we'll still have a good working relationships with relationship with you there's no bad blood and i like that and it looks like that's what's happened so people just need to slow it down a bit just slow the roll down if you want to hit on pack that's up to you but for me personally i just look at it as AEW have still sent hangman over to work with pack so they must not have that much bad blood against it it must have been quite an amicable decision um it looks a bit amateur for AEW, unfortunately that a week before the first ever pay-per-view, possibly the second biggest match of the night, or third, maybe. Um, you know, and you've said that it, it's for your fucking heavyweight title, has now fallen to pieces. So, uh, yeah, bit of negativity. But again, now it asks the question, who's Hangman going to go against? Is Hangman even going to wrestle on this card? Possible names that could show up against Hangman. You've got CM Punk again, John Moxley again, Darby Allin, Orange Cassidy, Ryback again, X-Back possibility, Marty Skrull 
Uh, don't think Skrull end up wrestling Hangman, but maybe he sends PCO or Brody King in his place. Or maybe even Will Ospreay shows up. You tell me right now that would not be a fucking class match. So yeah, we don't know what's really going to happen. Um, I was thinking before this couldn't have been a possibility. Hangman doesn't show up at all. In any of the card whatsoever. Doesn't show up in the Casino Battle Royale. Doesn't show up in anything, right? Kenny Omega versus Jericho. You've got the match that happened before the Casino Battle Royale. You've got your winner in that. I don't think Hangman's going to show up in that. I think that'd be a... I don't know, I think that'd be a bit of a cop-out, really, if he's number 21 and just wins it. I don't think AEW are going to run like that. Um, yeah, so Hangman doesn't show up at all. You've come down to the final match, the main event. Kenny Omega versus Jericho. These two have killed each other. Either the match finishes with Kenny winning or Jericho winning, and then Hangman comes out, turns fucking heel, kills both of them, gets on the mic and says... Why is it your match that was the heavyweight title? I was told that my match was going to be for the heavyweight title. Just because Pac is some fucking British cunt who couldn't show up because he's a little prick and doesn't want to lose the fucking um, Dragon Gate rep. Um, this this isn't on you guys. This is on me. I want the fucking title, so fuck you all. I want to be in that match. And then maybe they say, all right, in the next event, Hangman, you have to prove yourself. You have to beat Chris Jericho or you have to beat Kenny Omega. If you win that match, you get put in the title match as well and the title match ends up as a triple threat. Maybe, I'm not too sure. Maybe they might not do that, but you never know. Anything's possible. We don't know how the fuck this company even runs pay-per-view yet. Um, but yeah, if Hangman is just going to have a singles match, who's it going to be against? CM Punk is a big possibility. But again, if CM Punk makes his his big awaited return to wrestling, are they really going to do it in... I wouldn't say a throwaway match because obviously Hangman Page is considered like one of the top bright stars in wrestling today. Um, but I'm saying like if CM Punk was to make his his return to wrestling after all these years that we've wanted it and anticipated it, would they really not put him in a bigger picture? Would they really just have him go out there, beat Hangman Page and just go, right, what's next? I don't know. I don't know. I think if CM Punk is going to show up at all in any of this, it's either going to be some kind of weird video package that hints to him, but ever so subtle, or he shows up in the Kenny Omega and Jericho match and says, Kenny Omega thinks he's the best in the world, Jericho thinks he's the best in the world, GTS to you, GTS to you, I was the best in the world, I went away, I came back and I'm still the best in the world. Imagine if that set up a fucking triple threat match between them two. Come on. How fucking cool would that be? Um, John Moxley. John Moxley versus Hangman Page in some kind of hardcore match would be fucking amazing. I'd love it. If the fucking Hangman Page comes out and says, you know what? I'm up for it. I'm in full gear. I'm ready to wrestle. Bring me someone. The music hits. We don't know who it is. Next minute, John Moxley fucking walks out. For me, that's it. Give me that match for 20 minutes. Fuck, man. Um, here's one for you possibly Kenta Kenta versus Hangman fucking Page oh man oh my god that would be fucking insanity I, I'm all over that I am all fucking over that one um, I know that apparently people say that Kenta had an agreement with WWE that obviously if he got his release he wouldn't go and work with AEW but 
No one fucking knows. No one knows if that is the truth. Kenta might have literally just gone, look, I want to leave. And WWE have gone, yeah, you know what? We ain't using you. We're bored of you. Fuck you. You've not even bothered to learn English, so go away. And he shows up in AEW, man. Woo! That would be fucking interesting. Uh, again, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy. Two guys that are very well thought about in the independent scene. Um, obviously, they haven't got the name of Moxley. They haven't got the name of CM Punk or Kenta. But again, they'd be fucking good matches. Ryback, again, is a possibility. I think that could possibly get booed or rejected just for the fact that people would be... People are expecting it to be John Moxley or they're expecting it to be CM Punk. And against the WWE thing, where if you build this match to be something really cool and then Ryback shows up, people are going to go, oh, fuck it, I'm booing this. You know what I mean? And Ryback versus Hangman Page could end up being really good. Um, but people will reject it because Ryback isn't John Moxley and he isn't CM Punk. Um, possibly X-Pac, some kind of legend shows up like DDP or X-Pac, maybe just to, just to say, look, like I'm on the side of AEW and not WWE, because obviously DDP and X-Pac are both WWE legends, who knows, possibly, um, Marty Skrull has recently been putting out a thing saying he's looking for the fourth member of Villain Enterprises, um, again, if Marty Skrull shows up, or if he even shows up on the Titantron with a video package, and says, I can't be there, but one of my boys is, and it's PCO or Brody King. Uh, I think that match would be good, Hangman Page-wise. And again, it brings in that New Japan um, alliance, and that and that New Japan, um, what's it called? Not cross-brand, I'm fucking thinking of a word. Alliance, friendship, whatever the fuck you want to work. Working relationship, boom, that's the one. Um, again, that just shows that they've got a working relationship with New Japan. And it, again, like I said before at the start, I think that is a really, really good thing to have. Or, the music hits, Will Ospreay comes out. If Will Ospreay shows up in any fucking match, he's going to get... Oh, he's going to get a big fucking round of applause. He's going to get massive ovation because one, no one expects him to be there because of the Super Juniors. And two, Will Ospreay is universally liked or universally hated, whatever it is. This guy gets the reaction. So yeah, Will Ospreay versus Hangman would be awesome. Hangman versus most of those guys I think would be awesome. I think the only drawback would be if it was Ryback. And again, I'm a big fan of Ryan Reeves. I'm a big fan of Ryback. Um, I think he's very green in the ring. He always has been, and by the looks of it, if he ever turns back turns to wrestling, he probably always will be. But you can see that this guy really, really gets the industry, and he really tries and really wants to be involved um, and again, the guy's got... Come on, tell me he's not fucking intimidating. I really think that if Ryan Reeves was given a chance in AEW or in Ring of Honor, he could really build himself up to at least be liked by the majority of the fans. The fans really liked him. When he came back to wrestling, when he came back to WWE and he was wearing his casuals and you know they were chanting for him and he fucking almost teared up on the microphone... People loved it. People really want to get behind that guy. No matter what you think, what no matter what you think about Ryback, uh, the majority of us really, really want to like that guy. But unfortunately, in the ring, he's not. He's just not the best, is he? It's a shame, but he's not. Anyway, you talk about people being good in the ring. Let's talk about these last two matches, shall we? The tag team match for the Triple A Tag Team Titles: the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros. Um, man, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say about this match. Go on to being the elite. Go to the road to double or nothing. 
just go and watch the build up to all of this. Go and watch the rally in Vegas. Go and watch any fucking Lucha Bros match. Go and watch any Young Bucks match. These are two of the very best tag teams in the fucking world today, my friend. And they are meeting head-to-head in the, one of the most anticipated pay-per-views there is. People are talking about AEW Double or Nothing as the day that fucking wrestling changed for the better. And you've got two of the very, 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 very fucking best tag teams in the world that are just going to go at it. <laughs> fucking hell. Find me one person that isn't excited or anticipated for this match. I will say one thing. I'm scared. I'm so fucking scared that the Bucks are just going to go full pelt for this one. They're going to see this as one of the biggest matches they've ever had to put on. They might introduce table spots, ladder spots. I don't know. But man, I'm fucking genuinely scared for these people's health. Really am. Um, I think Lucha Bros is going to win. Just going to run with that. Uh, I think they're going to finish the night with Kenny Omega winning. Or Jericho. And I think that if they were to put themselves over the Lucha Bros and then put Kenny over Jericho, and obviously then you had Cody go over on Dustin, people would look at it and go, it's WCW. You're just booking yourself over everyone big. Kenny's booking himself over Jericho. Young Bucks are going to book themselves over every tag team. Cody's booking himself over anyone that he comes in contact with. You know what I mean? So I think... I don't think the Young Bucks and Kenny can win both matches. And for me, I think Kenny's the favourite of Jericho, just slightly. So yeah, I'm going to run with Lucha Bros on this, but man, I I can't do this. If I was to talk about this match anymore, I'd do it a disservice because it's just... You can't, you can't yourself hype this match up any more than it already is. This is like the revival against the Hardy Boys, or like the Young Bucks against the Revival, or the the Lucha Bros against the Hardy Boys. Some of the the, the best tag teams in the world, just in a straight up tag team match for tag team titles. Fuck, man. Oh, fucking hell! I cannot wait. Cannot fucking wait. And then you finish it off with Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Um, I'm going to say something right now. And I know that a lot of people are going to go and go, what the fucking hell are you talking about? Growing up, I was never a massive fan of Chris Jericho. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I said at the start of this podcast, I'm not going to lie to you and do a disservice to these wrestlers and these women. And say... I went and I've watched them, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not going to lie to you right now. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you right now and say Jericho is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, I grew up watching him. I adored him, blah, blah, blah. I, I honestly, no joke. I used to watch Chris Jericho and I felt about him the way I felt about The Miz. I really didn't like him at all. And growing up, that might just be because I was a kid and I didn't really appreciate the in-ring work. Now, I mean, look. Looking back... I see Austin was a bigger star than Jericho. Maybe that was the WWE. Or maybe you could look at it and think it's Austin. I see The Rock is a bigger star than Jericho ever was. Again, I have a WWE with a push. Or The Rock because of his fucking amazing promos. Not too sure. But I have the biggest respect for Jericho over Austin. And over Rock. And Taker. 
Triple H, etc. I have the biggest respect for Chris Jericho because what he's done is he's taken himself away from WWE. He'd already made a name for himself before WWE in uh, Japan, WCW, even ECW for a bit. But WWE is the place where Jericho made the name for himself. The biggest name for himself. He held the biggest titles. Right? But I have the biggest respect for Chris Jericho over anyone else because what he did was he came back to WWE so many times, reinvented himself, and he kept people interested. Personally, again, I'm going to sit here and say, when he first came back against, I think it was Randy Orton, when he was putting out the Y2J promos, um, with like the code, and like the code breaker, obviously, um, I thought it was a bit boring, to be quite honest. Then when he did the stuff, the stuff with, um, I think it was CM Punk. Again, this was a time where I just completely tuned out of WWE. When I was seeing highlights and I was seeing video packages, I just looked at it as like, that's just, again, it's just another Chris Jericho character. And even when Jericho came back with Owens and The List, I thought The List was boring. I really did not get The List at all. I didn't think it was entertaining, didn't find it funny at all. The one thing I liked about it was right at the end, um, when obviously Jericho and Owens are on, were on that show. Uh, I think it was the Owen, the Kevin Owens talk show, whatever it was. And Owens gives him a brand new list and he goes, why is my name on it? And Owens attacks him. I thought that was really fucking cool. So I'll give props to that. But look, I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up Jericho's ass. I never was a massive fan of him. But I have the respect for him. So people say that this is the best in the world today versus the best in the world back in the day. Yeah, possibly. I, I'll run with that. I will run with that. But just my personal opinion, I I never held Jericho in the the biggest light. And again, maybe I should have done. Maybe I should have held him in a bigger spot than I did. But I never did. And again, that's just me. I know I'm waffling on here. But I just want to get my point out there. I don't want people to think, oh, he's just he's licking Jericho's ass or he's licking Omega's ass. It's not about that. It's just, it's not about it at all. But obviously Jericho's got the name behind him. And Kenny Omega is Kenny Omega. This match is going to be fucking class. Um, again, it's kind of like the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros thing. You can't really hype this match up more than it already has been. This is the main event of Double or Nothing. Um, and obviously the winner goes and faces the winner of the Casino Battle Royal for the AEW, the first ever AEW World title. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any possibility Jericho wins this match. Hmm. Maybe. Just maybe. Maybe it comes down to who wins the Battle Royal. If a face wins the Battle Royal, does that mean that Jericho the heel goes over against Omega? And sets up face versus heel? When you talk about... When AEW said that wins and losses mean more than they ever meant before in wrestling. If Kenny Omega starts out with a loss... Does that mean he's now fighting against that and he has to constantly go and win so many matches before he's in the title picture? I think, and again, look, it might look obvious as fuck. And one thing AEW looks like they don't want to be is obvious and boring. But I think it's a really good move if you make Kenny Omega your first world champion. And again, if you go and put Jungle Boy over in the Battle Royal and then you put Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega for the first world title alright it's not going to get the build or sorry it's not going to get the anticipation that maybe John Moxley versus Kenny Omega would have or maybe CM Punk versus Jericho or CM Punk versus Kenny Omega would have but 
people would look at it and go, Kenny Omega is the best in the world. You've got Jungle Boy, who you can clearly see AEW want to build up as a future star. And obviously you've got the feel-good factor through Jungle Boy. And then you start getting a bit of heel heat on Kenny Omega maybe over some video packages. And you could build it up really fucking well. And I think that would be an awesome way to go about it. And then eventually Kenny does win the title. But then he has the show of respect of Jungle Boy. Maybe. There's so many different ways that you could work it. And again, I'm just I'm just so, so fucking excited, man. So fucking excited. But for me, Kenny's taking it just, just. But look, we don't know. There could be anything. Um, fucking, I was thinking about it the other day. Maybe the firing squad. Uh, Tonga, Tongaloa. Maybe they fucking show up from New Japan and just beat the fuck out of the winner. Maybe, maybe there is no winner. Maybe the interference just cancels it all out. Maybe, maybe fucking Kenny Omega or Jericho is the fourth member of the villain enterprises, and all of a sudden Marty Skrull shows up with PCO and Brody King, and they beat the fuck out of Kenny Omega, or they beat the fuck out of Jericho cancel the match off or they just beat up the winner whatever it may be or CM Punk does show up oh man anything anything can fucking happen at this pay-per-view and I, I beg you if you've got $50 in America please go and buy this pay-per-view in England it's 15 quid I, I don't want to hear any excuses I don't give a fuck if you're unemployed and you've got bills 15 quid, I will fucking, I'm going to say, I'll, I'll give you 15 quid then, but, as you say that, there's probably about 10 people who fucking listen to this podcast anyway, and if you are one of them, who can't afford it, 15 fucking pounds, I still ain't fucking paying for it, but, <laughs> I mean, for you, I'm obviously paying for it, ITV box office wives and myself, but, I'm not paying your fucking box office, you little tramp, go and fucking pay it, it's 15 quid, it's 50 dollars, it's 2019, we know what it is. Anyway, I'm going to finish off with some H2O. Ah. <coughs> God damn it. Anyway, look guys. It's 20 past fucking two. I've still got a lot of things to do today. But I wanted to put out this preview. I wanted to put out these predictions. Um, I hope you are as excited for Double or Nothing as I am. I really fucking hope you are, and I hope that this is, like, people are talking about it, I really hope that this is the turning point that the wrestling world's needed for a long fucking time, and I am, I'm just so fucking, I'm buzzing, I'm fucking buzzing, I'm anticipating and I'm ready. Oh, make sure to go and subscribe to Wrestling Newspaper FM, we are on iTunes, Podbean and Spotify, Uh, go and follow us on Twitter, also go and follow me on Twitter, sh- at Shoot Talk Martin. you know what it is, oh, thank you very much if you listen to any or all of this podcast, go and pay your $50, go and pay your 15 quid to ITV box office, you fucking bum, let's watch this shit together and let's get amongst it, guys, you know what it is, as always, I'll catch you down the road.